Freedom. Dun, 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 dun. What is it good for? Absolutely something. Let me tell you about it now. Freedom. We can sing that. I couldn't decide if I was going to start today by singing that or just referencing Mel Gibson in Scotland saying, Freedom! So I did both. <laughs> I want to extend a special welcome to everyone watching online today. I know there's some people uh, not able to be in the house just because you had 4th of July plans and you're someplace else right now. So I want you to type into the chat where you are. We have a prize, maybe. Uh, or, you know, you win. You win. If you have the... You win. You win. You win if you are watching from the most unique place today. Um, earlier in the service we had, or in the other service, we had someone watching from Hocking Hills. Uh, last week, we had someone watching from I-69, a passenger, <laughs> I hope. So where are you watching from? Type it in the chat, and if you, have, if you are watching from the most unique place, you win. I don't know what you win. Pastor Todd will tell you what you win. I'll put him on the spot right now. You win uh, a good job or something. So the other day I was, I was walking and uh, I walked past this house and I, I have this neighbor and he's got the most beautiful dogs you've ever seen, usually. And he comes out today and this dog comes out and I'm like, oh, wow, this beautiful dog, this beautiful dog. And then the dog turned to the other side and I thought, ah. Uh! Because this dog had, uh, had been to the vet, and they had shaved back this portion of fur, and this dog had this big cyst on its side. And it was oozing, and it was bloody and gross. Yeah, I heard somebody say, yeah, mm-hmm. And I said, oh, is the dog okay? And the man said, oh, yeah, yeah, she's fine. I, I, she's been to the vet. She's not hurting. And I, I didn't say it, but I thought it. It hurts me to look. She's not hurting, but I'm hurting looking at this. There's something, there's a blemish on this dog. But that guy who owns this dog wasn't phased at all like I was. I take this look and I'm like, ugh. But he's smiling and proud still to show off his beautiful dog. How many know you can love something that's got a cyst on it? You You can love somebody even if they have a hairy mole. Right? I'm thankful for the United States of America. George Washington said, George Washington said, the establishment, he referred to the establishment of our new government seemed to be the last great experiment. America is an ongoing experiment, and I am thankful for it. Warts, hairy moles, cysts, setbacks, blemishes, and all. I'm thankful for the United States. Today, I want to talk to those of us who are followers of Jesus. And I know that may not be all of us, and that's okay. If you don't know Jesus, you're not following Jesus, you're in a good spot. This is the right place to be. You're in a good glad you're here. But I hope you don't stay where you are. I hope you make a decision to make Jesus your Savior and follow him. Why? Because it's, the, it's through him 
that we have the greatest freedom ever. He's available to give you your best life that the world's ever seen. It's only through him. So I hope you'll take a step and become a Christian soon and follow Jesus. Today, America remembers freedom from an oppressive king. But Christians today can remember more freedom than that. The ultimate. Jesus sets us free with the ultimate freedom. Freedom from sin. Freedom from death. Freedom from eternal separation from God. You understand, when we were born, we were born with a sinful nature. Default position is separation from God. That's how we come into the earth separated from God, and we will spend our life, the, remaining, the rest of it, and all of eternity separated from God. That's bondage. But Jesus came so we can be set free from that. Amen. Nothing greater. Nothing greater. Nothing greater than that. Romans 8, verses 1 and 2 says, Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free, free from the law of sin and death. John 8, Jesus replied, Very truly, I tell you, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Now a slave has no permanent place in the family, but a son belongs to it forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. Are you thankful for freedom in Christ today? Amen. Now we who are followers of Jesus, who live in the United States, we have to look for freedom as Americans and as freedom as a Christian, and we've got to look at that freedom and say, what's it good for? Freedom. What is it good for? Absolutely something. Say it again. Okay. No. What's it good for? You see, even back in, this is how it's always been. In Genesis, when God blessed Abraham and all who come after him, he said, you're, he said, you're blessed. I'm blessing you. Anybody feel blessed? If you don't feel blessed, go look at a third world. I'm blessing you to be a blessing to the ends of the earth. It's not just to be like, you're blessed. Oh, I'm blessed. You're blessed to be a blessing to the ends of the world. That's the, the re- so we have freedom. We're free for something. We're free on purpose with a purpose. So what are, what are we free for? What's it good for? Number one, freedom is for freedom. Not a typo. Meant what I said. A little confusing. Freedom is for freedom. Freedom is for freedom. The Bible says it is for freedom that Christ has set you free. Freedom is for freedom. It seems a little bit redundant, but we'll look at what the Bible says here. See, Paul, in in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, Paul was talking to a group of people that were struggling to get their mind wrapped around freedom in Christ. They weren't quite sure what that meant, or or they thought they were sure what that meant. Uh, and, And Paul had to get them straight. So he, he tries to set the record straight in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 12. Paul says, You say, I'm allowed to do anything, but not everything's good for you. And even though I'm allowed to do anything, I must not become a slave 
to anything. God's ultimate desire for us is not for us to live however we want. God's desire for us is not for us to be so independent we don't have to listen to anyone or anything. Not so for the Christian. That's not freedom. That's actually bondage in disguise. It's bondage wrapped up to look pretty. I must not be a slave to anything, is what that verse said. My kids like candy and chocolate. Heck, so do I. I like candy and chocolate. You probably do too. If my kids had their way, they would eat nothing but candy and chocolate and skip brushing their teeth. They just wouldn't do it. But I make them eat their broccoli and I say, you got to brush your teeth. And if they say no, I grab the toothbrush and do it myself because they're going to brush their teeth. Now, if I allowed them freedom as they think it, there would be nothing but chocolate and candy and they would never brush their teeth and they'd run around free. Ah! Is that really freedom? That's bondage to bad health and rotting teeth. That's what that is. It's bondage to bad health. If all they ever ate now was chocolate and candy, they'd be 50 years old. If they made it that far, they'd be 50 years old, still only eating chocolate and candy, if they even made it that far. And so they may look at me and say, you're a bad dad. No, I'm not. I'm a good dad, because I'm going to make you eat your broccoli and brush your teeth because it's not freedom. It feels like freedom, and it looks a little bit like freedom, but it's not freedom. It's bondage in disguise. This is true for us, too. Many believe... See, Satan loves to lie. He's such a good liar... And, and the thing that's so tricky is he never lies blatantly. Oh, he probably does. But the lies that Christians believe from the devil aren't blatant lies. They begin with a kernel of truth. God loves you. God is love. That's true, right? It's in the Bible. God is love. God loves you. God's love is unconditional. So I can keep right on sinning, and he's going to keep right on loving me, right? Yeah. Yeah, his love is unconditional. Or I can keep, God will forgive you. That's right. That's based on a kernel of truth. It's very true. God will forgive you. There is nothing you can do to limit God's forgiveness in your life. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness, the Bible teaches. So God is love. He, his love is unconditional. He can keep right on forgiving. So the lie is, therefore, I can just keep right on doing whatever I wanted to do because I'm free. God is love. God forgives me. So I'll just keep right on doing whatever because I know that there's no limit to God's love or forgiveness. Right, but there's still consequences. God never stops loving you, but there's still consequences. Big ones. This particular point, I felt God 
was pressing on my heart to, to drive, drive a little deeper in this service. See, um, if you have kids, you've known the experience that I'm describing. It's like you say something, and you give them a chance to obey, and you give them another chance to obey, and you give them another chance to obey, and then you get to a point, and you're just, like you've had it. You just, you've had it. You've had it. I'm going to clear out the toys or whatever, whatever the punishment is. That's it. And see, God is patient with us. God is good. Like it's his character. He is good. But I feel like the Lord wanted me to say this morning, he, he's about had it. There is... There's no limit to the forgiveness available to your life. There's no limit to it. And God's love is unconditional and never stops. But there are consequences to planned habitual sin. Planned sin. Some of you know the next time you're going to do that thing. Like, it's planned. Big consequences. Hebrews chapter 10, verses 26 through 27. If we deliberately keep on sinning after we've received the knowledge of the truth. This isn't referring to, whoops. This is deliberate, planned sin. If we deliberately keep on sinning after we've received the knowledge of the truth, no sacrifice for sins is left, but only a fearful expectation of judgment and of raging fire that will consume the enemies of God. Ruh-roh. If that's you and the Holy Spirit stirring in your heart, you know it, right? I feel like God wanted me to say it. He's, he's about had it. And that's not, that's not his fury about to smack you. That's his love trying to reach you. You know, there's, there's consequences to what we do. I learned yesterday, there's consequences to a water balloon fight. Plastic everywhere. Guess who has to pick it up? Man. <laughs> I want, I'm trying to make my kids pick up them so that they hate water balloons as much as I do. Because that's why I have to pick everything. If they won't like it, then we're good. See, when we live outside of the boundaries of God's word and God's way, like God has his word, he has his way. When we live outside of that, that's not freedom. That's bondage in disguise. And many of us walk in it. Galatians 6.1, I'm sorry, 5.1, says, It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Freedom is for freedom. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery to sin. Freedom is for freedom from sin. Sin is bondage itself. See, Jesus didn't die on the cross just to forgive you of your sins. He died on the cross to give you the power to stop. It's the for, he wants to forgive your sins too. Like that happened too. But he gives you the power to stop. You have the power to surrender your pride, to surrender your lust. So you can pursue and love the Lord and serve the Lord 
fully. Freedom is for spiritual freedom. Here's number two. What's freedom for? Freedom is for serving others. Freedom is for serving others. Galatians chapter 5 verse 13 says, You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. Freedom is for serving others. This is where I think some Christians get it wrong in America today. They're believing that, that my freedom, well, that's, that's my freedom. And nobody can tell me what to do or, or how to do it. That's not biblical freedom, not for the Christian. Somebody can tell you what to do and how to do it. Somebody can tell you what to do and how to do it. Let me, uh, let me, let me use a, a United States example that I think you'll understand, and then I'm going to make it spiritual. I'm gonna, if you understand this, then, then it's easy to make this jump. U.S. servicemen in the military, they did not die or risk their lives so that everyone in America could stay home and enjoy living off welfare, right? They did it so that we would have a free market society and that you and I have a chance to pursue happiness, however we would want to do that. America does not exist to enable laziness. America exists to give everyone a chance at life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Now, the kingdom of God doesn't exist so we can sit back fat and happy that we're saved. Hallelujah! The kingdom of God doesn't exist so we can sit back fat and happy that we're saved. We're saved for a purpose. Not serving others, not living with a heart of serving to others is spiritual welfare. Is it not? Do you see? The kingdom of God exists So we can go. So we can fulfill it. The church doesn't exist to enable good times, good feelings, or make it easier for you to make friends. Although I hope all those things happen. The church exists to reach people far from God. The church exists to be a, a spiritual hospital to the hurting. To go. Our freedom is for serving others. But it's so easy to get caught in the trap and just land in spiritual laziness. If I'm making sense, say, mm-hmm. If I'm not, come talk to me after. We'll, we'll have a little conversation. The Bible makes it clear, for, clear that, that for us as Christians, our freedom is always to be used to the benefit and service of others. Right? And so don't get caught in this trap of like, like well, you know, I'm not mature enough. I'm not along the way enough. I think, right, so like, like who, who are we following? Jesus, right? So we got to look towards Jesus and we got to head towards him. And I think every Christian, whether you're, you're really close or you've been a Christian for 50 years or today's your, today's your day and you're just about to get in line, 
we all should look like sheep at the front and shepherds in the back. Sheep at the front and shepherds in the back. Wherever you are in your relationship with God, you can serve. You can serve. There's somebody behind you. There's somebody behind you. So think about what you got. When God called Moses, he's like, how am I going to do it, God? And God said, what's that in your hand? He says, well, it's just a stick. Well, God did some pretty great things with that stick that Moses had. So what's in your hand? What's in your hand? Has God blessed you financially? Then you should be asking the question, who has God called you to bless? Because you're blessed to be a blessing. Has God blessed you with a great marriage? If he has undoubtedly that came because you hit some bumps along the way and got through it. Great marriages always had bumps and you got through it. So if you have a great marriage, maybe you need to make friends with somebody who's just starting out because they're going to have bumps. And who are they going to talk to when they have bumps? Probably somebody that's already made friends with them. Have you gained wisdom If you've gained wisdom, then you understand there's people around you that don't got any. (laughs) I think we all know somebody (laughs) a little dumber than we are. (laughs) We all know somebody, right? If God's given you wisdom, maybe make friends with somebody because they need some of that wisdom that you've received. Our freedom is for serving other people. Freedom is for serving. Again, 1 Corinthians 9.19. Though I'm free and I belong to no one, I've made myself a slave or servant to everyone to win as many as possible. Freedom is for serving. The goal of our freedom is that others would come to know freedom in Jesus like we have And that's why serving is such a big deal. Amen. Here's number three. Third thing freedom is for. Freedom is for something greater. Freedom is for something greater. See, uh, there's like a double, there's there's always an underlying layer. Family vacation is great for relaxing and seeing things. But you know what? Family vacation is also for something greater. Like having family time without other stuff, getting out of the grind of normal life, just going somewhere. I got to vacate to vacation, just go somewhere. There's something greater that happens in those moments. And freedom is for something greater. Romans chapter 6, verse 22 says, But now that you've been set free from sin and have become slaves of God, the benefit you reap leads to holiness, and the result is eternal life. The benefit of our freedom is holiness and godliness while we're living here on this earth. Praise the Lord. First Peter chapter 2 says, live as free people, but do not use your freedom as a cover-up for evil. Live as God's slaves. Show proper respect to everyone. Love the family of believers. Fear God. Honor the emperor. The greatest gift that we can give back to God for our freedom, the greatest act of worship that we can give the Lord in response to the freedom we've received is a truly humble life. Look at the verbs there in, uh, in 
First Peter chapter 2, verse 17. Can you leave, leave the verse up? Yeah, verse 17. Look at the verbs. Show respect. Respect. To who? Everybody. Everybody. Show respect to everybody. Love God's people. Turn to the person next to you and say, he's talking about you. Type it in the chat. Love God's people. The next verb, fear. Fear God. And honor those in authority over us. Respect, love, fear, honor. That is what true freedom looks like in the life of a Christian. That's what true freedom looks like. Show me someone's life who looks like anger, self-centeredness, pride, entitlement, and I can do whatever I want, and I will show you a life that is not free. That guy's in bondage. Guy, gal, whatever. It's just a facade of freedom. The I can do whatever I want mentality is a facade of freedom. Inside, it's ugly. You know, I've just had to have this memory of many years ago, I was helping in a junior high class. And the middle school Sunday school teacher was teaching a lesson about how, you know, sometimes sin looks nice and pretty on the outside. And it was like, oh, this is enticing. But when you look on the inside, it's dirty. And so she did this illustration, and she had a brown, an ugly brown paper sack, and she put, put like candy bars on the inside. And she had this other package that was a beautifully wrapped package with with nice glittery bow on top. And she's like, now which do you want? And, uh, and the, these middle school kids, like, they kind of saw through it. They knew where she was going with that. And they're like, I want the brown paper sack. She's like, oh, okay. And yeah, they got the candy bars. But nobody was like taking the bait. And I knew where this was going. Like I could tell. So I was like, oh, I want the pretty package. And so I opened up the pretty package. You know what she put in there? Her grandson's dirty diaper. <laughs> and I was like, and it was ripe. It wasn't from that morning. It was like, woo! Show me the man or woman with I can do anything I want mentality. I can do anything I want. See, that, that looks like freedom. I'm free. I can do anything I want. Is it? Or is it just wrapped up like that and some poo-poo inside? Show me someone whose life looks like 1 Peter 2.17. Show me someone's life who looks like respect, love, fearing God, and honoring authority. Show me that person, and I'll show you somebody who's genuinely, genuinely been changed by the love of God. They're free. That's real freedom. Our freedom in Christ should draw us towards Humility. Not, I'm free, but, oh, I'm free. The band's going to come back up and help us engage with this idea. Would you stand with me? What are you doing with your freedom? If you're a Christian today, you're free. What are you doing with it? Are you using your freedom to indulge your flesh? God will forgive you. God's love never stops, but there's still consequences to habitual, planned sin. 
What are you doing with your freedom? Are you serving yourself or others? Living however you want? Or do we serve others, love others, and has our freedom in Christ led us to greater humility, a heart of humility? I hope it's that. So I have two appeals for you today. The first is is for anybody who's never made a decision to follow Jesus. If you've never made a decision to follow Jesus, today is your day. You don't need to wait any longer. It's very simple. You just have to to take a step. You see, Jesus can save you today. It's a decision. I'm going to trust Jesus today. I'm going to step onto this path to follow Jesus today. And then tomorrow, you got to walk it. There's a, I'm saved, and then there's, I'm, I'm, I'm going to walk in salvation. I'm going to walk that the way the Lord tells me. If you want to say yes to Jesus, can I just challenge you? You've never accepted Christ before, and you want to say yes to Jesus, can I just encourage you to raise your hand up high? And if you're watching online, there's a spot where you can say yes to Jesus as well. If you want to say yes to Jesus today, raise your hand, not to me, but to the Lord as a step of faith. If you're agreeing that with that with me, I, I just encourage you to, to pray in your heart right now. Lord, I know I'm a sinner. I know I'm far from you. And I want to step towards you today and follow you. I don't want to do what I used to do. I want to do what you want me to do. So today, God, I'm going to let you call the shots. And tomorrow, too. Lord, you can be in charge of my life. And it's because of your, your death and resurrection that I can be saved and I can follow you because of your power. Thank you, Lord, for making a way. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If you said yes to Jesus, I encourage you, tell somebody. Tell somebody you came with. Come tell me. Uh, Tell one of our pastors because we want to encourage you. Second challenge is for all of us, everyone else, everybody. Let's recommit our lives towards humility because no one's there right you die you arrive but you're breathing today I know because you can hear me you're breathing today you have a little more humble humbleness to go pride is so sneaky to catch in but let's commit ourselves to broken humility let me pray for us Lord I pray for your church to find renewed humility Lord we want to be a humble people surrendered fully to you and your plans Lord, we surrender all to you. We recommit our hearts towards a humble life. We pray it in Jesus' name.